same way when the when we when I did this shit. So that's what he was saying is that, that uh, were you in the class before or you well, yeah you say last year was the the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the took a little while. Yep. What was the name of the book again? Because I didn't bring it. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Don't be the survivor. By Meyer Curl. It's sitting in my goddamn nightstand and I knew I was gonna forget it because I was running so fast. Got halfway here and I was like, yep, shit. Well, welcome everyone to Tuesday night minister class. Uh, second night into the book of Knowing the Doctrines of the Bible. Pastor and Bev are on some a nice long R&R. So I will be filling in for Pastor tonight. And uh, yeah, everybody ready to get started? So, Ms. Lisa, did, did you make it through page five, halfway through? Where do we need to start at? I know it's uh, XI. It's uh, the classification of doctrine. Actually, I think we were past that. I think we got through page five because we did talk about dogmatic theology, biblical theology, and historical theology. Okay. I think we were just starting um, Roman numeral one. So. Okay, so we will start on, uh, well, yeah, we'll just start back at the beginning on a system of doctrine. Um, So, so there are many arrangements, each having this value. We shall try to follow in order based on God's redemptive dealings with man. Because remember, if you go all the way back to Genesis 3, God made everything, God made man, and then the fall of man, right? So then God had to redeem man. So, number one, the doctrine of scriptures. um, says, from what source shall we derive inherent truth about God? And it gives an example of nature. Nature reveals his existence, his power, his wisdom, but it tells of no way to pardon, and it provides no escape from sin. On what grounds do we accept the biblical view as being the right one? The answer to this question leads to the study of nature, inspiration, accuracy, and reliability of the scriptures. Number two, the doctrine of God. We then seek to ascertain what the scriptures teach about the greatest of all facts, the fact of God, his nature and existence. Number three is the doctrine of angels. From the creator, we naturally pass to a study of his creatures, and so we consider the highest of his creatures, angels. The topic takes in also wicked angels, Satan, and demons. Number four is the doctrine of man. We do not dwell long on the subject of good and wicked spirits, but come quickly to consider the biblical view of man. For all the truths in the scripture cluster around two focal points, God and man. Number five, the doctrine of sin. The most tragic fact connected with man is the sin and its consequences. The scriptures tell us of its origin, nature, consequences, and cure. The doctrine of Christ, number six, the study of men's sin is followed by a study of the person and work of Christ, man's Savior. Number seven, the doctrine of atonement. Under this head, we consider the facts which throw light on the meaning 
of Christ's supreme work on man's behalf. The doctrine of salvation, number eight, how is the atonement applied to man's needs and made real in his experience? The facts supplying the answer are grounded, or sorry, grouped under the doctrine of salvation. Number nine, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. How is Christ's work for man made real in man? This is discussed in the doctrine of the nature and work of the Holy Spirit. Number 10, the doctrine of the church. Christ's disciples obviously need some kind of organization for the purpose of worship, instruction, fellowship, and the propagation of the gospel. The New Testament tells us about the nature of work and work of this organization. So that's the, the main topic points. You could almost say teaching points. Uh, you could put it even under the book on, on how to uh, write scriptures, uh, points to include, on how to include into your sermon for ways to write and outline and order. It's kind of an order of the way things go. Number one, on page 15, the scriptures. Matthew 24, 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, The grass wither and the fire fadeth, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Amen. There's a little bit here on the first page uh, by Dr. Payson. So we won't read the whole thing, but basically, uh, at the end of it, it says, he's talking about destroying this volume, the, the Bible. You blot out the sun, dry up the ocean, and take away the atmosphere of the moral world and degrade man to a situation from which he may look up with envy to that of the brutes that perish. Basically, you take away the Bible, you take away the hope of man, you take away their understanding, their knowledge, because then it becomes based upon them and their moral right and wrong, and not on God's absolute truths. Oh, no. The word. Yes. Because it says the tribulation saints, but multitudes will be saved beyond number um, so page 17 uh, right up beside us that we see this today and this very first sentence could be a sermon on its own it says what is truth asked Pilate in his tone inferred that the search for it was vain and hopeless according to man according to man what is truth According to man, each man can make up his own truth exactly. Yes. What is your truth today? see my 
my shoe from this angle, Dom sees my shoe from this angle, Cora sees it, we see it, we all see it from a different angle, but that doesn't mean that, you know, well, according to me, it doesn't to the front, according to you, it doesn't to the right, like, it's like this weird perversion of only thing that exists is my point of view, that is my truth, and it's just not realistic. So, Wise men may build ladders of thought in, in, in the attempt to attain to heavenly truth. How many ladders can you think men have built trying to justify or rationalize their truth? But the tallest ladder will always prove to be too short. The world by wisdom, philosophy, knew not God. Truths that tell man how to pass from earth to heaven must be sent down from heaven to earth. In, in other words, man needs a revelation. Number two, such a revelation is to be expected. At the bottom of that paragraph, it says, let the men of reason testify. One of the greatest thinkers of all time, Kant, says you will do well, page 18, to base your peace and piety on the Gospels, for in the Gospels alone is the source of deep spiritual truths. Later, on his deathbed, he said that if he were to prolong his life, he would make this book, the Bible, his study, for in it he found what reason could not discover. If, we, if, if as we believe, there be a good God, it is reasonable to expect that he will grant a personal revelation of himself to his creatures. Everybody that's been saved, do you remember that day that happened? Yeah. Like all of a sudden you knew God, you could feel the Holy Spirit in you. It was no longer just like, I wonder if he's actually real, does he really exist? It was like, you know, you know, from that moment on, you know. Such a revelation would be written. Books are the best method of presenting. 
observing truth in its integrity and transmitting it from generation to generation. Memory and tradition are great and trust trustworthy. When officers investigate a crime scene, why they try to keep as many verbal accounts of what happened as they can. So they can, there's this story and then there's this story and then there's this just on the way in here and you've got enough variables to fill in your plot to find consistencies and then you need your truth. There you go. Exactly right. Therefore, God acted with the greatest wisdom and also in the normal way in, in giving his revelation to men in this form. In no other way, so far as we can see, could he have imparted to mankind an infallible standard that would be available to all mankind. You remember back, like, say when, uh, say when the Egyptians crossed the Jordan? Remember how God told them first to put the, the Levites in the water to stop, and the water backed up, and then they walked across on dry ground? But remember, they had to build a, a monument. So that generations to come later would say, what's that monument for? And then it would recount the story of how God, now we have the Bible. Instead of monuments scattered everywhere, everybody has to recount the story from the past. We have the word of God in a book. It is reasonable to expect that God would inspire his servants to record truths which could not have been discovered by human reason. And finally, it is reasonable to believe that God has providentially preserved the manuscripts of the Bible scriptures and led his church to include in the canon only those books that have their origin in divine inspiration. Yes. church in the right spirit invited the world in. Right? They wanted to stay there. That's good. The problem is that the Roman church started to be compromised by the world in which it was invited in. So instead of them influencing men, they were influencing the church. Right? So a lot of things started getting off kilter. So, a few centuries after, a few centuries after that, um, that's when it became Roman Catholic, and then, and then it went on from there. But uh, to answer your question about going too long, it's absolutely possible some of these other books were inspired, but we have to believe that the end result 
with the way God orders you. Not to say that there can't be value in your job work, because the facts are not clear. You can't make things sound from the Bible, and you take it as God says that's how it's supposed to be implemented. The tools don't always fit. Right. Right. But yeah, faith, that's good. Faith. We have to believe, and we do believe that what we have to read Shown that he was crucified to redeem sinners, but he rose again from the dead, and that he made the destitute of men to hand over acceptance with him as their savior. And whether the record be inspired or no, woe to him who neglects so great a salvation. Let's pray and go to the scripture this morning. We need not, however, discuss further this possibility. Sacred writers are qualified to set forth 
definition is still, I wonder if the definition is still true because they. Said, uh, in Webster's. In Webster's dictionary. The definition of inspiration. Yes. Because they've been changing a lot of uh, definitions. Yeah, in, in all terms of pronunciation. Yeah, so I'm curious anymore whenever they, they give a definition if it's still the same as what it used to be. It goes back to those proofs, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, okay, so third paragraph. Inspiration as defined by Paul in this passage, 2 Timothy 3.16, is a strong conscience in breathing of God into men, qualifying them to give utterance to truth. See that? Where did the truth come from? Did you catch that? It's always God, the Holy Spirit, never man. The scriptures are a result of divine inbreeding. Just as human speech is uttered by breathing through man's mouth, Peter's declaration may be said to that the Holy Ghost was especially and miraculously present with and in the writers of scripture revealing to them truths which they did not know before and guiding them alike in their recording of these truths and of the transactions of which they were eye and ear witness so that they were enabled to present them with substantial accuracy to the minds of others. The doctrines of the New Testament as originally set forth are simple and may be simply defined. Uh, page 21 bottom of the second paragraph. Uh, the doctrine of inspiration as set forth in the word is quite simple, but the advancing of erroneous and defective views has made it necessary to fence the doctrine with full and detailed definitions. Against certain theories, it is necessary to contend the inspiration of the scripture is one, divine and not merely human, Inspiration is thus considered purely natural. This theory empties the word inspiration of all meaning and is inconsistent with the unique and supernatural character of the Bible. Uh, I should have went back a little further than that, but they're basically comparing writers of the Bible to a, a great Shakespeare's or, or great Plato's or Socrates, great literates of history. They're saying that writers of the Bible were nothing more than just great writers. <clears throat> Two, unique and not common. Some confuse inspiration with illumination. Illumination refers to the influence of the Holy Spirit common to all Christians, which influence helps them to grasp the things of God. 1 Corinthians 2.4, Matthew 16.17. They hold that such illumination is an adequate adequate explanation of the origin of the Bible. There is a f uh, faculty in men 
So they teach by which man can know God, a kind of eye of the soul as the godly man of old mediated upon, meditated upon God. The divine spirit quickened this facility, giving an insight into the divine mysteries. Such illumination is promised to believers and has been experienced by them, but it is not the same as inspiration. We are told, 1 Peter 1, 10, verse 10, verse uh, through 12, that at times the prophets received truth by inspiration and were denied illumination for the comprehension of those same truths. The Holy, the Holy Spirit inspired their words but did not see fit to grant the knowledge of meaning of those words. While as yet his mind was not on God at the moment he was inspired but not illuminated. And we will, if somebody wants to pull up John 11, self-proclaimed prophets that you can tell are speaking you're absolutely right they are speaking something that their own mind has conceived and nothing that God has spoken to them 
really good hair. I've had some encounters of really good, very, very, very unusual hair. But uh, it's it's really sad how many folks are out there just kind of hiding their own thing under the guise of privacy. Yeah. I mean, we all got to stand before the Lord in the end. I just know it ain't me doing it. <laughs> stuff or predicting the end of the world stuff. I'm just over here like, oh, y'all better be careful. Spirit used their uh, faculties. Am I saying that right? So, producing a perfectly divine message which bore the marks of their individuality. It is the word of the Lord, and yet, in a sense, the word of Moses or of Isaiah or of Paul. God has done nothing but by man. Man has done nothing but by God. It is God speaking in man, God speaking by man, God speaking as man, and God speaking for. The fact of divine and human cooperation in the producing of an inspired message is clear enough, but the how of the matter is beyond our observation. The interaction of even mind and body is a mystery to the wisest man. How much more the interaction of the spirit of God and the spirit of man. True. Very true. <coughs> we have come a long ways as a culture, uh, such as in the book of Daniel, which says knowledge will expoundedly grow. We've seen that here today. Technology and knowledge is a great thing. Growing exponentially right now. Yeah. It's uh, huge. Uh, the quantum computers. Right. And they're just, now we're starting to break into that. Right. With the, the interface between computer and man. Absolutely. It's a uh, and it's just, you know, all these hundreds of years, it's just been moving like this, and now all of a sudden we're boom. Yes. And it's just, and, it, and it's just going to continue to get at more, I mean, it's going to be exponential. Yeah, we've been for a while. Yeah. 
5G thing that you're getting at, it's it's not it's technically non-existent. It, it doesn't. It's not messing with it. It's not the 5G. The band the bandwidth is you know not to get on a sidetrack, but I can speak to technically how it cannot interfere. Right. Same way that if you stand in front of a microwave, a microwave can't radiate you because it has a screen in there that blocks the waves, right? Yeah. So all the devices around us, the device in my hand, our phones, the microwave, the 5G, they all work on different spectrums. And they all have the ability to interact with our body and the cells in our body. And they do produce radiation. But the amount that would be needed to create any type of disruption would be far more significant than what exists. 5G creating any kind of health problems has been completely debunked. Telegraph is another image. There you go. And something else to consider is I know that as we move forward in our society, especially uh, the locations and stuff, we tend to like to cling to is bad because the enemy is going to use it, or this is bad because the enemy is going to use it, but the enemy is always using whatever is possible. That's right, exactly right, right. right. That's that's whatever what is the thing, he's going to use it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't say it better than that. That's exactly what, when you start to go down this path, that's what I was going to say is, there, these are new tools. Absolutely. But there are always new tools, and there will always be new yes. tools. And I don't think technology is the enemy of faith. science and them being used in unison and not one attacking the other Absolutely. right I don't the people saying that the Bible's wrong because it says that we've been on the planet for 6,000 years yet we know that the planet's earth has existed for 4.5 billion years so there's a direct con conflict there and that causes people to shun away from God right that is a tool that can be used disprove his word and therefore have people be misled and I feel like my my calling and what I would like to do is my my part to, to be a Christian and a child of God is to help people understand that the Bible doesn't say that earth has been here for 6,000 years that's an inaccuracy right that's not what it says do know that Earth has been here for 4.5 billion years, but have no doubt about it, Earth is a creation of God, and statistically speaking, to think that this planet exists with the life on it through natural means other than divine intervention, statistically speaking, like there's an algorithm that has it broke down. It's it, it just didn't happen, yeah. right? We're here, and and that's what I want to do. That's my that's my that's what I look for. I'm here to learn and to become educated more so on, on the word, right? I have the science. What I don't have is the word. Mm -hmm. So I want to become more educated on the word so that I can help unify and
people that are shunning others away from Christ because of the inconsistencies. I want to be able to close those gaps and say, well, here's another perspective, right? Anyway. It's a, it, well, it's a huge section of the Great Commission for our generation, right? Because yeah, to right. pretend that technology isn't a factor is no. asinine. Right. And a sword is a sword. Right. But who's wielding it? We know. So it would be better for you to have your hands in tech and using it the proper way than Joe Schmo atheist down the road that just wants to blow up all the things Christian because he doesn't know any better because he's lost. You know, just wanting to hate on something, right, and that's right. an easy target. A hurting person, hurt people, hurt people. But yeah. a sword is a sword, and, and it's the person that's wielding it. That, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, technology is not our enemy. The enemy is our enemy. Absolutely. And the enemy is absolutely using technology to hurt our little ones and everything else right now. I mean, if we shield our eyes and hide from it, all we're doing is handing him the loaded gun and walking away. Yeah. We've got to take control, and we've got to um, be a part of it. We have to be an active part of it in order to move it the right this is so important. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have two real quick questions. Mm-hmm. For clarifying that for me. Uh, I got immediate relief. Peace. I mean, yeah, because I didn't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not savvy about any of that. So eating microwave food isn't going to harm me. I mean, I pray over it anyway, so it's not going to It sucks the nutrients. Does it suck the nutrients? (laughs) Because I really like the microwave. The machine is not going to hurt you. I was. Bingo. I was going to use it anyway to just keep praying over the food. That's right. That's what it says, though. I know, right? The microwave itself isn't, but but generally speaking, food that we put in the microwave is processed. And that's the the problem. But listen, my kids love macaroni. Like, that's the one thing that I can guarantee they can go and cook themselves. Now listen, there is some there is some validity behind. I carry two phones, I carry two iPads, I carry a lot of stuff. There is these things do produce radiation, okay. right? There is validity. You don't want to sleep with your phone under your pillow. That's like, yeah, that's not good. And well, when we walk around all day, like I I I, I uh, limit the amount of exposure. I keep my phone, especially. Well, either way, I, I keep the amount of spo- I limit the exposure exposure I have to breakfast. Because it is creating radiation and it can mutate cells. And is it going to? I mean, it's a really, really low likelihood, but I don't want any likelihood. So, you know, and that's another reason why talking on the phone up to your ear, you know, for a short period of time, it's okay. But when your phone starts getting hot, it's time to change. And that's why I use earbuds. Right. Because it's less radiation, it still has radiation, right? It has to communicate wirelessly. Especially if it's the AirPods. But it's less. circle, back to to what you're both saying, you know, that is something that is so easy. You know, we talk about how others are saying things into the world or whatever that we look at and can discern that that's not God speaking, that's, that's the flesh speaking. But I think that we all have to be really cautious of that, right? Because we can get to such, it, it's, it's that, that fine line between 
when are we saying, thinking, doing what we're feeling versus the Holy Spirit actually moving in us? And I have had very few instances, personally speaking, virtually no instances of the Holy Spirit moving in me. And I have, and I know what it felt like, and it was absolutely amazing, and I want more, right? But I haven't had a lot of, uh, uh, I haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit as much as I'd like and want to, and I'm pursuing that, and that's something that's in my prayers, and, you know, just, but just being transparent and open. And I think that it's really, you know, I grew up in a, Southern Baptist uh, Crossroads Cathedral, oh, okay. uh, Assembly of God, but yeah, it's Crossroads Cathedral, Daniel Schaefer. You know, I grew up there, and everyone was talking in tongues, and I'm going to overshare here. I don't know who all hears this, hopefully not too many, but uh, I have a dad that's schizo- that, was, that was schizophrenic, okay. and so you want to talk about being pushed away from the church. I'm in a church where they're speaking in tongues. I have a dad who's legit schizophrenic. Primarily paranoia schizophrenia, but rotated between homicidal, suicidal schizophrenia, was schizophrenic for forty plus years. Uh, it was, it was. It, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he just passed away like two years ago. And so, but 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 that creates a lot of confusion, right? So you have people that are speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues that really, um, and who am I to say, right? It, it, everyone's journey uh, as for God to. to but for me, and, and, and I, Sheila and I have had many conversations about this, it has been very difficult for me to come around because that, to, to, the, to the concept of people speaking in tongues legitimately because it can be so easily faked and, and completely benign, right? Not maliciously. Uh, and I think, so my point of saying this is I read this and I think to myself, always be on guard to sure that when we're filled with the word that there's no mistaking right and that we don't ever get on a tear and think that we are when we're not and the enemy's using it against the Lord that's what I take from that good point judge myself uh, so that he didn't have to, so that I can, you know, the log in my eye, okay, logs up, <laughs> and if there's one more, I get rid of one, and then he shows me, oh, there's more, and um, and it was like, how do I do that, how do I, and I, for, for several years, it was like, I was really in despair, because I was garbage at it, and um, then he showed me in the old 
for David, I think, was crying out. And it was like, because God says we're deceitful. Our hearts are deceitful. We are de- we deceive ourselves. That's right. That's we exactly my point. We yes. don't want to see the truth. Right. And it was like, so I'm so frustrated because it feels like you're telling me to do something that I can't possibly do. But I know you wouldn't tell me to do something because that's not you. You don't do that. And so he, there was, I believe it was David, crying out, saying, search me, oh God, and show me any iniquity. That was the, I mean, I like a lot of different, uh, I, I do a lot of different translations, and so I did. But, um, but like it, language translations? Yeah, like a lot of, like, I like to read the word in different, different, book, yeah. different like, yes, yes. Because like trying to share it sometimes is, but it was to show to show me if there's any iniquity in me and what it is. So I immediately grabbed that and ran with it. And he does. You sit before him and you honestly you want to know because yeah. he knows our hearts. Right. And 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 that I'm a better mom because of it. Because he showed. Just, you know, you don't realize that you have an attitude or that you have a prejudice or that you, we really are blind, you know, and I didn't think I was blind. <laughs> and I found out, oh, yeah, you are, you know, well, it's converted. It's it's been yeah. Having been in, you know, direct ministry for so many years now, um, not church ministry. Every day, 
interaction and and it's really just you being held accountable by the Holy Spirit it's easy to deviate and make minor allowances and minor um, uh, what's the word uh, compromises and then it's like it's like when you're you know old school mapping out um, a journey across the ocean you know one tiny hair off and you're going to end up in a completely different uh, continent you know and and it's that same thing it, over time it just it grows and it turns and so it's it's just really important that we are not just being self-aware because I have caught myself in times I'm I, I consider myself a pretty self-aware person I like to right but there have been times that I have had to have somebody a spiritual advisor be like <laughs> you know because it's like you know, and, and I need to move over. You know, accountability is important because you don't want to be that person like you were talking about that is, you know, the false teacher or, or saying the wrong thing. Because in my head, I'm like, I love the Lord. I'm right. called to ministry. I'm called to preach. I really like this. I'm going to write a sermon on it. I'm going to get up there and preach it instead of allowing um, God to really speak to you, maybe not verbally, but speak to your soul in what it is you're supposed to talk about. And then you end up, you know, throwing the whole congregation slightly to the left, you know, right. and then you have to overcorrect it and fix it. And, you know. But, you know, so, th- I mean, I think it's important to understand that even that just because that that person has deviated or whatever, it doesn't mean necessarily that their their intent is malicious, but they're human. And I think uh, not to get off on tangent, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but a lot of times we put pastors, ministers of all capacities on this pedestal. Yeah, that's that's a And we have these expectations and even though the Lord does hold us to a higher expectation because the mantle of his of his word is is, you know, it's not heavy, it's not a burden, but it's important and, and it's taken very seriously and you know, like you said, you you should be a hundred percent before you open your mouth. But it's important that we remember that we're humans always going to fall short and that there's grace for us too and and the the pastors that stand up on that that stage at the pulpit and preach to us that they're humans and and they fall short too we should always have the boldness to go to them and say hey what you said didn't really line up with the word but i love you so i wanted to come to you about it um don't just buy whatever you're told but you know it's just important to have that accountability okay what did you say should be a big fat red flag. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, big one. And also, and also the way that we give it with that grace, like that's what I meant about being a better mom. It's, it's like, well, and it's like, I can hear some really awful things and it's like, oh, and I'm not, I'm not offended. Yeah. I have not, because it is so full of grace and love that it's like, and then, and then says, that's how I want you to correct the children. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know terrible when I get there. <laughs> yeah, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I need to replay that spirit-filled family. Yeah. <laughs> but this this goes all the way back to, to pride. And like Corey said, knowledge. So you have a, a minister who really well-versed in the word, a scholar, went and got a doctorate, and just phenomenal guy, right? But as time goes on, he starts to differentiate on a couple of interpretations from 
true word, right? So then his pride, that he's so full of knowledge and he's such a, a vast scholar of the word, that surely he can't be wrong, right? So that little bit of pride from seed that's been planted grows. And before long, he's a Yeah, you know, uh, an evangelist on TV that's, that's, that's in it strictly for the money and has lost contact with Jesus Christ. Um, there we say a problem. Right, which is unfortunate because he was probably birthed from actual passion. Yes. And it's so sad. That's why, that's why I'm doing the phileo thing. That's why I'm so passionate about that because I have just, in the last 10 years, seen too many just fall. Like, I... charge of this center, you know, I'm, I'm the center director, I've got teenagers that I'm responsible for, counseling biblically, making sure they're not doing crazy things, whatever, and yeah, it's, it, yeah, it took the Lord, but, um, but, like, the thing was, like, I wasn't allowed to struggle, I wasn't, who, like, obviously, well, I, right, on you so many, Right. And, and the, the, where pride comes in, and I know I've struggled with, you know, this is something that's hit me, it's hit Jonathan and a lot of people that I know, is when you're in this position of authority, in biblical authority, and you're up here and you're leading these people and you're their earthly shepherd and you're um, doing things that you're not supposed to do because you're human and your flesh sometimes takes over and maybe you didn't, you know, crucify it good enough this morning or whatever, you know, didn't nail it quite hard enough. Um, but like, you're, who, who can you go to to talk to about it? Because no matter who you go to to talk, isn't she supposed to be a minister? Doesn't she love the Lord? Why is she talking like that? Why is she looking like that? Well, if she can't even keep herself in check, how is she keeping all 12 of these teenage girls in check? And so it becomes this fear thing, which is never from God, you know, and it's the enemy going, yeah, you're totally alone. You're right. Who are you going to tell? And the next thing you know, that issue, that struggle snowballs because you don't have anybody to go to without fear of losing your job, losing your reputation, losing everything that you've worked so hard for because you're a human being that falls short of the glory of God. And so it's like that's why I'm – that's why God told me to create Phileo because it's an environment where somebody in some sort of ministerial capacity can come and receive counseling without fear of having their entire life ripped away from them because they're a human being. It means brotherhood. Brother. 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 Pastors, very, very important. Pastors, who do they have to go to? The, the congregation goes to the pastor, right? Right. They have problems, they have issues, they need counseling. Well, they just come up and watch. The congregation goes to the pastor. Turn that around. All that the pastor has to perform. Mm-hmm. Anybody else in life? Who does the pastor go to? Right. Who places an authoritative? Does he still get, does it give instruction? Who does the pastor go to? I mean, just like anything, any anything else. I mean, you should be able to go to the elders of your church for prayer. Even the pastor should be able to. And that's the thing. Like you see, all these pastors that get caught in adultery, or they've, you know, developed an addiction behind closed doors. And it's like, well, what could have prevented?
prevented that. Well, maybe if they'd had, now I'm not taking responsibility off the individuals who've done these things by any means. I am not a uh, dirt sweeper under the rug type person at all. But um, I don't, don't fly like that. But You're looking preventative, right? Preventative, How do you get yes. in front of it instead of being reactive? Yes, yeah, proactive instead of reactive. Man, I've really, my man, my, my, uh, my wife and I are really unhappy. I am struggling, man, who can I talk to because you know, that secretary out there is really pretty and I am struggling, you know, and going and talking to somebody and, and having a safe environment to be a human and have them pray with you because could you imagine the reaction of a pastor walking up onto a stage on a Sunday morning and be like, yeah, guys, man, I'm really struggling about, I'm thinking about cheating on my wife. Like everybody clutch their pearls and fall out of their seat and it would be absolute bedlam. I don't think it would be up here. Well, we're a very different breed here. But, like, but it would still not be received. It would be shock because for some strange reason, it's shocking that anybody in a ministerial position could have some sort of fleshly struggle. I'm like, but they're saying it's still a possession of the Christian himself. Yes. The world thinks so. They're saying things that, well, we're Christians, so. Either we are better than everybody else or we think we are. a 24-hour call rotation, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even in church ministry, you're, you're, you're on call 24-7, and, and you're not allowed to um, need a pause from that. Yeah. You're not allowed to. And it, now, given it's much like when I go into military, I knew what I signed up for. I knew what I raised my right hand and swore an oath to. But that doesn't mean that some days were hard. They weren't hard. It doesn't mean that being away from my family wasn't difficult, and it, the same applies in ministry because it is very much a frontline situation, you know. And at the drop of the hat, you may need to go. And just realizing that, um, you know, it's important to understand that those in ministry are human beings, and that they need prayer, and they need lifting up, and they need some grace. They need a big old bucket of grace just waiting to be dumped on their head. so many similarities you're talking about 24 7 you know I've, I've worked in IT for 25 years ran my own business for 16 and my business is 24 7 you know you saw me I was talking to my yep. I was my director of operations when you know it's uh, whatever time it, we're 24 7 and one of the I'm, I'm recruiting a guy right now and the, he, he's he's worked in IT for 14 years he's had it on easy street and he's interested in, in he has learned very much you know he's just kind 
So I tell people all the time, we're like firemen or, or, or ambulance drivers or policemen, except we're not saving lives, we're saving livelihoods. We're keeping businesses in business, keeping hackers out and all that. And uh, it is 24-7 and it's grueling. And, I, and my, so to connect the dots here, what you just said, because it really, what you said with the 24-7, and then when you said that, it just like double, double whammy. But one of the things I talk to people, I have a long, the, you know, hire slow, fire fast. I take a long time to hire someone. And I, I, I yeah, lots of, lots of times, I spend a lot of time with them uh, because I don't want to cut anyone loose. And that's one of the things, I had a team member come to me, uh, it's been two weeks ago now, and he came to me, and I, I don't go to the office very much. I only go in the office once or twice a month. And I went in a couple weeks ago, and he said, why do you let us get away with so much? I was like, you probably shouldn't say that to me. <laughs> but I said, I have so much invested in every one of you. I'm not going to throw you. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like, if something gets messed up, if you make a mistake, I'm going to spend time. We're going to spend time fixing it and correcting it and getting you back on track. But this guy that I'm looking at hiring, my biggest reservation is, does he have the grit? And so what I'm really spend a lot of time trying to dig and, and find out is, do you have a passion for IT? To, to, to get to your point, because if you don't have a passion for IT, this will chew you up and spit you out. We don't pay enough. People are like, I don't get paid enough to do, deal with this, what I'm doing. It's too hard. It's too hard. You have to have that passion. That's kind of what you're saying is, if you're not called to do this, it will chew you up and spit you out. Absolutely. Is what I'm hearing you say. showed up with the heat-seeking drone wow. to find her out of the cornfield wow. in the dark. I just kept saying, That's cool. I'm called to this. <laughs> but it's, it, yeah, there has to be a passion there. It has to be literally what you were born to do or else you're just going to, the, the flame's going to go.
technically, I'm a veteran. Spiritually, I'm a baby. Yeah. Sure. And spiritually, as a, as a baby uh, Christian, I've been a Christian pretty much my whole life, but I, I, you know what I mean? Like, right. But I'm, I never grew. I just stayed a baby. And so as this baby, you know, as Christian, I, I, maybe worry would be the, the better word. I, I worry that I will let my ego or my pride, my flesh run. And, and I, I think that is like this, what we're talking about now is probably my biggest concern because I don't ever want to be that person because that person didn't want to be that person. They fell into the trap, and it was the going across the ocean. They made one little Tiny compromise, little and all of a sudden, they're on a different continent. Mm -hmm. And and I, I just I don't mean to belabor the point, except to say that I love that we're talking about this because this is one of the things that keeps me up at night. Like I'm going, okay, so this is the path, and and I and I have a story, and and I had like I don't I don't. Got kids at home alone right now, right? Like, I, I'm here because I fear not following the path that has been sure. has been spoken to me very clearly, and that is one of the only times that I have had that contact, if you will. I don't know how else to say it, right? And and it was very clear, uh, and and so I'm just kind of muddling. supposed to be here every other Tuesday and I'm supposed to be going through this process and I'm leaving the, less, the rest up to him but as I move forward and whatever this journey ends up looking like I always want, want to be held accountable right like I always want to be kept in check and that's one of the things in my business like I feel like I'll do well at that because in my business my people are always telling me I'm wrong they, they have no problem coming up to me and going that's not right and I'm like okay you know and I like I can accept that Say right like, <laughs> I, mean, I may can prove it to me, yeah. Yeah. Right. But but and sometimes they're not right, but sometimes they are, and I'm like, Gee, and I have to, and that hurts, right? Because I've do, been doing it for 25 years, and they've been doing it for four, and they're correcting me, and it's like, okay, got to back down. So, it, but it's when people don't do that for you, and you go off the reservation, and you don't have those people bringing you back in, mm -hmm. you know, it it, it that that's um, yeah. yeah. I want to I want to. I want to make I, I want to make sure that's never me. I'm glad we're talking about it too, because I feel like it's not talked about enough in in ministry world. It's really just it's not. really easy to talk about how everyone else is doing things <laughs> in a way that we don't think is right or that we don't think right. is biblical. Right? It's really easy to. I just want to look right here yeah. and go. How do I prepare myself to not fall for these snares? It's great to hear the stories of other people. Because those are examples. Okay, how do I not get snared? How do I not fall to that trap? But I just really want to know, you know, Lord, how, 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 use me, because I'm too scared to not let you use me, right? I don't want to walk, I've been down that path many times. So I want to be used, but don't ever let me, I'm even talking to the Lord right now, don't ever let me guide this ship. Right. And pastor's been saying something that, man, I just love it every time he says it. And he says, I just am trying to get to a point where I don't have a will. That's exactly it. I love it when he says that because I'm like, that's it right there. How do, we, how do we get rid of our will? I mean, that's huge, right? That's so hard. 
just yeah. ridiculous there's something wrong with her level transparency I feel like has saved me Are now <laughs> no it's all me man I'll, I don't go in other people's lanes I got enough of my own but like that that transparency I feel like is you know some she overshares or she says too much or oh. why is she talking about her per, you know like why is she getting so detailed on personal things and it's like it's not that I want to air my laundry out for the world, but it's that transparency, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It's that transparency that that shuts the door in the face of pride for me. You can't take your dirt and go sit in the corner in the dark like this mm, if right. you've already stood up there and told everybody, I got dirt. Right. The enemy, the enemy you know can't I mean? shake you when you don't you give can't. Him. When I preached right. that morning and I said that the enemy what he uses against us, we can take from him and use against him. And, and I meant that, like, everything that he puts us through, that we put ourselves through with his inspiration, um, <laughs> the sticky situations we land in and things of that nature, like, even if it is 100% my own dang fault, I can still pick it up, turn it around, and use it for God's glory yeah. because I'm going to be transparent about it even if it embarrasses me, but you know what? If I'm willing to get up there and embarrass myself, it makes it a little bit more likely that the people in the chairs will say, oh, it's okay that I screwed up and there's actually grace enough for me too. Yeah, man, there's grace enough for all of us, you know? And so it's that ridiculously uncomfortable level of transparency I feel like has helped me a lot. Because Christianity is true, it's real, yeah. and there are people in the spirit. And And it's not just old stuff. I'm not talking like, yeah, well, back when I was 17, I did this. When I was 25, I did this. Because you know, that was all before the Lord for me. But I'm talking like, you know, I've, I've done it multiple times when I've gotten up there and done the call to worship. I'm like, I've been struggling with this. How about y'all? Blah, blah, blah. This spoke to me. It's because I, I just know that, that transparency is so key in healing and moving forward. And it just, it shoots judgment right in the face. It really does, because if I take it from you, you can't use it against me. Yeah. Because it also shoots pride from other people. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's no... Because a lot of reason why people won't get up and change is because they fear. won't, they won't admit it. It's not even fear. It's pride. It's pride. I've got it under control. I don't need help. I've, got, I've been a Christian for 30 years. I, I've got this. It's, it's small. It's insignificant. They don't need to hear about it. I don't need to hear about it. It's insignificant. I also think that when hmm. sometimes if somebody is a...
illustration of scripture and stuff. Or you Because you're because it's more important learning than how fast you get through it. I don't want to agree with somebody 100%. I'm 